the average person will pay more into insurance than the value they will get back out of it. That is the way the mathematics work. That's how the companies stay in business. If they don't have a profit, they go out of business. It's that, that simple. Welcome to the next episode about the truth about investing. Back to basics. Should we have introduced ourselves in the beginning? Oh, we need to introduce we ourselves. That in, should throw it back into the introduce beginning. Introduce ourselves. Uh, All right, your editing skills get to come into play. Um, here. you mean my magic skills are going to come into play? <laughs> yeah, we'll go with that. <laughs> Thanks for being here. Uh, I am Chris Holling, and I'm Sean Cooper. Oh, welcome to our podcast today and today we want to touch on deductibles and why they matter and uh why why i have changed the way that i've approached deductibles and kind of what they mean the base understanding of them uh and are are deductibles a good thing to have that's that's the question that's like the the rhetorical question that we we should touch on <laughs> i don't i don't know if you felt like i was the asking question you that i haven't uh contemplated for many years right. but <laughs> welcome back to reality chris made me re- revisit there there are <laughs> other people that uh do worry about deductibles oh sean oh wise one uh you may think of them as peasants but uh we do in <laughs> fact hardly worry about deductibles from time to time okay well then let's let's get started looking at that i think i think there's just a bunch of different ways to go about it like they're all deductibles but there's like different levels of it um so generally uh just just as like gross generalization uh there's one that's a small deductible which is chances are it's going to be a higher amount of what would you call premium a premium Premium. Your premium yep. is going to be higher per month to have a lower deductible so that when you have an accident, say, well, I mean, we can we can use the same analogy for, like, car insurance that we could for, like, health insurance, right? So then it's not... Oh, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, the the equation works the same. Right. Okay. So say you've you've got this this car and it's it's a it's a decent car whatever it is uh and you hate deductibles because that's exactly how i used to be i I remember having a conversation with them saying i don't care what my premium is just give me smallest deductible you got because i hate deductibles that that whole like uh oh you you owe us two thousand dollars for this car that you already own like i it i understand it now and hopefully others will understand it at the end of this episode but at the time that's all i cared about was i didn't want to randomly pay a certain amount because i thought to myself if i'm paying for insurance why am i paying more for my insurance to pay me money if that makes sense i really think yeah what you're getting at is people want to avoid the pain of a large payment yes Yes, that, uh, that that's what you're getting at. That's the heart of it. Right, yeah. because, uh, I mean, so a good example as to why I hated it at the time, really, is if I had a deductible of 2000 and uh, somebody sideswipes my car, and just by chance I take it to the right mechanic, I do everything, everything is documented correctly, I, I do everything and there's no hiccups along the way, and then I take it to my insurance company, 
and then they go, okay, well, you have $1,400 worth of work, but your deductible is $2,000, so we're not going to give you anything. Uh, we know it wasn't your fault. We know that, you know, they they just don't have insurance, so uh, you did the right thing coming to us, but your deductible is $2,000, and so we're not going to pay for anything. And that's what frustrated me the most, was that I kept thinking to myself, well, why am I paying you money? Like, what's what's the point in me paying you money if I'm just going to wind up paying for this anyway? Whereas if there was more than $2,000 worth of work, then that's when they would actually step in. So I had the thought that, okay, then if I only have a deductible that's $100 and suddenly $1,400 worth of work, bam, I saved $1,300, but my premium's a lot higher, and chances are I wound up paying that same amount and likely a lot more before that accident occurred, and it wound up costing me more money in the long run. Absolutely. So, I mean... You're kind of getting at the basic way insurance works in general, which is the law of averages as it relates to large numbers. So they they operate on the premise that um, more people are going to pay in than they are going to have to pay out. Um, so on average, you're going to pay more in premium than you get out in terms of coverage um and what you're really doing with the the deductible versus the premium is deciding what level of coverage you're comfortable with so when you're talking about that deductible uh do you want you know is five hundred dollars your risk point or is two thousand dollars your risk point i think this is a great way of describing it because uh so for me um, this this is something that ties into a personal finance budgeting thing, spending plan, big time to me, because within my own spending plan, as it's broken down, is I have a category that's specifically dedicated to my auto insurance deductible, and I have that uh, for me at this time. Uh, are you talking about like an emergency fund, or are you talking about your monthly spending? Uh, neither. Actually, so um, within my budget, it's it's electronically built, and uh, it's it's kind of kind of Dave Ramsey-ish, but updated. Uh, so I like to use okay. it through an electronic budget, and you can think of it as a bunch of little envelopes that carry your money in them. And so if you picture it physically as an envelope that says car insurance deductible and written in there, and then my insurance uh, deductible being $500 for my car, then there are $500 sitting inside of that envelope and i don't that i'm assuming you will only touch if you actually have to cover the deduct deductible, correct, correct exactly so that money just sits there in that envelope and it is not touched unless that deductible is needed and so that okay. sits present i guess i would have just classified that as a portion of an emergency fund. sure and but, i i yeah. think if you have a gross generalization of your emergency funds then yes that's that's absolutely true like say uh how how i also used to run my money is i used to keep it in a savings account so i would have my uh, emergency fund in a savings account and all i knew was i put a certain percentage in there each month and that was my emergency fund and i have different opinions as to why i don't do that anymore um and i just stay organized and part of that organization is uh it, it, every dollar has a job 
And so I am assigning exactly what those dollars are for. So yes, it sits within an emergency fund as well as health insurance does, as well as uh, knowing how much I'm going to spend on, say, cable. You, it, to me, it's kind of like the same thing where I take all that money and I put it in a pile, but each one is assigned to something already. Um, is it all in the same account? Yes, everything stays in the same account, which is why I was saying okay, it's... Okay, so you're, you're basically just segregating each piece of that emergency fund as opposed to just mental accounting and saying, oh, well, I loosely have a, an idea of how much I need to be in here. You're actually breaking it all down. Absolutely. Making sure it's all assigned and you know exactly how much you need at any given time and how much you need to build back up if uh, funds are ever uh, distributed. Absolutely. And that's, that's why uh, I use the envelope example, because if I had my envelopes set up through it, uh, then I would have a, a long series of, say, instead of 20 different envelopes, and I'm looking at, say, 50. I'm assuming then, uh, kind of getting back to the deductible conversation, that based on the fact that you now segregate those funds, you've built up the emergency fund, your initial feelings toward deductibles of not wanting them at all, not wanting a deductible, you'll pay as much premium as you have to to avoid it, you now feel differently about that concept. Yes, it's completely changed because really what it is is that the uh, for, for using the car insurance, uh, auto insurance approach, what you're doing is you are paying for the ability to have them replace your car. That's, that's what the premise is for just auto insurance in general is that you are paying a certain amount for them to be willing to go up to and including replacing a car, giving you the same amount that your car is worth. That's that's what insurance is. So because that is the approach and that's what you need, then essentially the perfect realm would be if you had the whatever your certain amount of money is set aside for how much you think a new car would be worth, then if you have that money, say say you know the next car you're going to buy is worth ten grand. If you have ten grand in this category that was your deductible, it's now your new car fund. Then at that point, then all you're really looking to utilize, in my opinion, is maybe a liability only. Then that way you're covering the costs of somebody else being involved in an accident. If it's your fault and you want to cover their car. Because now you got to buy a new car because you wrecked yours, but your insurance company isn't going to cover it. But you have the money set aside for a new car. Now that's that's your new big deductible. I I don't know if I described that very well, but that's uh, those are the different. Yeah, concepts. no, I'd say what you're getting at there is actually self-insurance. Yes, uh, self-insuring, uh, if you will. So, and it all comes down to the level of planning that you're willing to commit to, and the level of risk that you are willing to take on. So uh, when it comes to insurance, like you you talked about a little bit there, it was originally formed to avoid catastrophic loss, something that you couldn't recover from. So more and more people are using it because they want to avoid all risk and they're willing to pay it. You know, they're, they're much more willing to pay a small monthly premium than they are to take on uh, the risk of losing a vehicle, losing their house, losing whatever it is they're insuring or having a large hospital bill, whatever whatever it is that we're talking about in the, that context. Um, and self-insuring is absolutely an option. 
And that's kind of where that deductible versus premium comes into play and choosing between that risk and uh, control with the self-insurance. So on the, the one hand, something could technically happen to you any time in the future. It could happen right away, in which case that insurance premium is going to be very, very valuable because you will have paid very little into it and you're going to get a payout, whether it's, you know, replacing your car, fixing your car, replacing your house or, you know, covering, you know, paying your beneficiaries, your life insurance, what have you. Um, if something happens in the near future, it's very valuable. I totally agree. The longer out that goes, the less valuable it becomes and the more likely you will have paid in significantly more than what you will ever get out of it. Statistically speaking, you are going the average person will pay more into insurance than the value they will get back out of it. That is the way the mathematics work. That's how the companies stay in business. If they don't have a profit, they go out of business. Sure. It's that that simple. Um and what you're choosing with when you evaluate those monthly premiums versus those deductibles is how much of each piece you're willing to take on uh, and how much control you want, how much risk you're willing to accept, all of those things. And like I said, more and more people are willing to pay that small monthly amount to avoid the large payments when in fact they could save money overall st statistically on average by having a smaller premium with a larger deductible as long as they can commit to the planning and actually and the delayed gratification to set aside those resources the way you have done in order to offset that risk exactly and that's that's why I've transitioned over personally from a a uh, minimal deductible side to and a larger premium over to a larger deductible side but it still takes steps in order to get there and that's that's where it becomes I'll, I'll try to not uh go too off topic here but that's that's where it comes into a good budgeting plan good spending plan approach that needs to be utilized and and I can tell you how how I've done that as well and this this kind of ties into something else uh I'll, yeah, I'll just try to not go too far off topic. So if I, I also have another category that uh, per month, because th these are all sitting within an electronic category. So I, when I'm saying like I have all these envelopes and that's, that's where I'm able to categorize all this stuff. And one of my categories is made to be a contingency fund, which a lot of people say is going to be an, an emergency fund. And so this is, uh, for me right now, it's about 50 bucks a month that goes into this category that just builds into this pot. And this is made to be specific to unforeseen circumstances. Uh, say I'm over budgeted on something and I, I just don't know where else I'm going to get the cash from in that spending plan that I have, then that's what that's there for. So it's for emergencies. It's for, uh, Oh, I'm, I'm this much closer to get this thing that I really need right now. than you can pull from the contingency fund. And so it, it sits as kind of a, a cushion that can get utilized throughout. And the only goal is to continue to fill it per month because you won't always need that cushion every month or in theory, you, you hopefully don't. 
and if you do then it's there and then the premise is that when you continue to build that cushion say you do that fifty dollar and you just didn't have to use it for say five months then now you've got two hundred fifty dollars sitting into this category and lo and behold now what i have is i have a discussion with my auto insurance company and they say hey if you're interested there's another option that you can have a, a deductible of instead of five hundred dollars you have a deductible that's seven hundred fifty dollars and your premium will go down well now i'll take that two hundred fifty and it will sit in that envelope that i was describing earlier and now it's a seven hundred fifty dollars that's sitting there prepped and ready to go and then i'm able to take that premium and say that premium drops down hey i'm not spending twenty dollars a month well now my twenty dollars a month can go towards something whatever that thing is that i'm needing at this time and say it's nothing else then we'll put it back into that contingency fund and so now per month what i'm doing is i'm placing seventy dollars into that contingency fund and it will grow quicker kind of a kind of a pseudo snowball approach to building a contingency right. fund and then that will allow you to build into different categories of having deductibles prepped and ready to be utilized which is how you make that transition and that's why i wanted to touch on this is that you make the transition the bridge from going okay i can't stand deductibles because i don't have anything floating around okay let's find out what that deductible is it's only a hundred dollars because you pay a big premium fine set aside a hundred dollars into this category that you can keep track of okay now that you are building into a contingency fund you are able to go up what's the next level for your deductible oh it's it's not going to be till five hundred dollars all right then it sounds like we're building into this contingency fund until you get another 400 to slide that over into that envelope to have 500 and now you're at that level and you can utilize that extra cash flow per month to whatever you think is is needed for you and your family and your day-to-day does that all make sense? Right. Did I tra tra trail off too far into anything? No, it's it's critical to the the process of uh, reducing deductibles, saving yourself premium, uh, and doing it in baby steps and in a way that doesn't involve taking on a lot of risk. Because the the alternative to that is, okay, I don't want to pay high premiums, so. As opposed to taking the $500 deductible, I'm going to take the $2,000 deductible, but I don't actually have $2,000 set aside, so I'm now taking on that risk right. um, as opposed to actually having the money. Now, there's a, a, you know, depending on your financial situation, maybe you can find a way to, to cover that risk, whether it's, you know, temporarily throwing it onto a credit card, which is not ideal unless you can also pay that credit card off. It just buys you a little bit extra time to cover that $2,000. Um, but again, it goes back to the level of risk that you're willing to assume. And what you were describing is a great way to avoid the risk, uh, really avoid the risk altogether because you always have the money before the deductible. The one advantage to the alternative is you're saving yourself the premium up front, which gives you the additional funds to be able to set those, that money aside and create the deductible fund faster again that's also assuming you have the the willpower and the ability to practice that delayed gratification to actually set those funds aside as opposed to going hey i actually have i have extra money in my account let's go spend right it. and that's that's why it's critical to make sure that each dollar has a job 
something to to stress to me is that if you are looking at your budget and how you are budgeting is is exactly how I used to do it and you are mentally planning oh well I've got this much in rent and I got this much and yeah you know it's all that's going to cost you know $600 and what's in my checking account oh $700 perfect I can I can do that do not do it that way <laughs> it it is a express lane to specifically what I feel like we're talking about is that you think you have that hundred dollars and uh, that's what you have for your premium, but something comes up along the way or there's an extra uh, amount that just happens on one of your expenses for that month. If if you know exactly what each category is going to be and how it needs to be distributed throughout the month, and that's what keeps you organized. And, and frankly, it's, it's what will save you money in the long run in the process because then if you have that overflow starting to hit into a credit card because, oh, well, I'll just pay it off next month, then it, you're, <laughs> you're really rolling the dice on that because then you have to, you have to ask yourself if you're going to be able to pay it back before the interest hits and uh, maybe next month you thought you could, but then you couldn't, and now you owe the interest plus the normal amount you owe extra month. It, it's... It's it's not worth it. It yeah. is it is far better to have that organization ahead of time, and because you are organized and you are prepping yourself with the amount of money that's going to cost for you to get a new car. In this case, maybe it's only going to cost you five hundred dollars. Well, let's make sure you have five hundred dollars. If uh, if you have a new car that's sitting in your driveway that you just got from Great Aunt Bertha and you don't have to worry about your car, then maybe you can go to a liability-only plan and you can put that money elsewhere. And if your car dies, then you switch to old Aunt Bertha's car, and that's that's fine. But unless you have a plan in place, then that's where those accidents occur, literally. And you are now paying out of pocket and trying to pray that you're not going to wind up at one of those check-in-the-cash places and uh, bounce back from that. Now, mental mental accounting rarely works. Um, and one of the things you were talking about there is one of the things that I uh, discuss in detail with some of my budgeting clients. And that is, as you're building these, whether you call it a contingency fund or an emergency fund or uh, your envelopes, it, it, yeah, technically speaking, it's all the same. It's a matter of what works for you and choosing what works for you. But as you're building up that account, once you hit the level that you need, you want to look at that new level. So say it's $5,000. That's what you're trying to build up so that you have it to cover all of your deductibles, any emergency that comes up, you know, the you get a flat and you have to replace all four tires on the car unexpectedly, whatever it is that comes up, you, this is your fund to, to be able to cover that. You want to look at that balance as zero. That is your new zero. So instead of just looking at it and going, okay, well, mentally, you know, in your example, the uh, 600, I've got 700, so I've got a hundred bucks to spend. No, if you're, if your amount is, if the balance that you need is, say it's a, a thousand and you're at 900 and mentally, you know, your accounting says, oh, I only need 800. Now, if 900 is your number, you've written it down that or a thousand is your number. You've written it down. That's your zero. You're in the hole right now. You've got to build it back Absolutely. up. Absolutely. Yeah. Until you exceed that number, 
spending should not be happening. Sure. Um, that's your new zero. Um, that's the way I typically look at it. Yeah. So if, if you're trying to build up to, like I said, 5,000, I, I think is a pretty good number to, uh, depending on your situation, but view that new number as your zero and you're not spending anything that puts you below that amount. Right. And that's uh, once once you figure out what those priorities are and and how soon you want to get there and and where where those things need to go and you got your twenty dollars shy then you know maybe maybe you don't want to go out to eat that that one night that one week uh, or if it's you know super important for you to go out and eat then maybe you can have that be your new goal next month because you're going to be in the hole otherwise uh, or you gotta you gotta sweet talk your friend Joe to buy any dinner <laughs> or, or something. <laughs> no, you owe me from two years ago, man. Don't you, don't you, uh, don't you remember? <laughs> well, thank you for joining us again. Uh, round, round two, episode one, round two. I, I can't keep track of that. That's, that's going to get super confusing. Uh, two, the truth about investing back to basics uh, that you no, you say your name first this time you go i'm good you yeah you go I'm you go <laughs> no you go you go you always go first so i don't all right plus i was kind of playing with the whole delay thing there just to give you a hard time but uh <laughs> i'm sean Cooper. i'm chris holling was that was that right and i'm sean Cooper. i'm chris holling <laughs> i'm sean I, I'm, I'm i'm chris holling i'm still chris holling i don't know if you forgot how i'm still and thank you for joining us today. <laughs> and we will see you next time. Hear you next time. See, you will hear me, us. Yeah, next you'll time. Hear us, whether you like it or not. <laughs> Deal with it. Podcast disclaimer, disclaimer. The disclaimer following this disclaimer is the disclaimer that is required for this podcast to be up and running and fully functioning and moving forward. This is going to be the same disclaimer that you will hear in each one of our episodes. We hope you enjoy it just as much as we enjoyed making it. All content on this podcast and accompanying transcript is for information purposes only. Opinions expressed herein by Sean Cooper are solely those of Fit Financial Consulting, LLC, unless otherwise specifically cited. Chris Holling is not affiliated with Fit Financial Consulting, LLC, nor do the views expressed by Chris Holling represent the views of Fit Financial Consulting, LLC. This podcast is intended to be used in its entirety. Any other use beyond its author's intent, distribution, or copying of the contents of this podcast is strictly prohibited. Nothing in this podcast is intended as legal accounting or tax advice and is for informational purposes only. All information or ideas provided should be discussed in detail with an advisor, accountant, or legal counsel prior to implementation. This podcast may reference links to websites for the convenience of our users. Our firm has no control over the accuracy or content of these other websites. Advisory services are offered through Fit Financial Consulting, LLC, an investment advisor firm registered in the states of Washington and Colorado. 
presence of this podcast on the internet shall not be directly or indirectly interpreted as a solicitation of investment advisory services to persons of another jurisdiction unless otherwise permitted by statute. Follow-up or individualized responses to consumers in a particular state by our firm in the rendering of personalized investment advice for compensation shall not be made without our first complying with jurisdiction requirements or pursuant an applicable state exemption. For information concerning the status or disciplinary history of a broker-dealer, investment advisor, or their representatives, the consumer should contact their state securities administrator. Um, geez, I'm trying to think. I feel like I came across a joke I was going to tell you about because I like jokes. Shoot. Oh, you know what? Actually, it came from... Uh, I, I literally have a box of dad jokes that sits here on my desk as it was a was it a Christmas gift I think it was um, okay I think the last one I picked that's that's right I do remember it okay uh, <laughs> you know I try to work out but my favorite exercise is diddly squat <laughs> wow <laughs> I'll have to tell that one to Anastasia. She, she loves the corner ones. Like dang, diddly squat. Exercise. Exercise. Eggs are sides. Eggs are sides for bacon. Mm, bacon. Bacon. <laughs> Uh, I wish there was a way to just like buy stock and just bacon, like all bacon. <laughs> I think I think that's a solid investment. I don't see that yeah. going away anywhere. <laughs> <laughs>